welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And damn, some just went down because, you know, it is the NBA trade deadline and some moves were made, other moves were not, and we'll get to all those moves in a little bit. But first, as always, I'm Jared Castillo and I'm joined by... Uh, I'm Daniel Huang. Let's. I'm going to be honest, that was a very exhausting morning and joining very. me as well. Damn, uh, I feel like the NBA is set on fire. You know, y'all, y'all heard that Kane, WWE Hall of Famer, he's about to be a Hall of Famer. Ooh. So I think he this was yeah. that last bit of entrance was just because he just it's on fire today. It's on fire today. But you already know who it is. It's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sales, and of course we have. Yo, what up? This is Skyler, and I'm pretty fired up about this fiery trade deadline. And shout out to The Undertaker for inducting Kane into the WWE Hall of Fame. It's going to be a fiery episode. Check out Shooting Bricks socials for some fiery Twitter trade recaps, and let's get into it. Yeah, man. It's uh, Some would say we turned the heat on, but we'll get to that in a little bit, because just to start things off, I know it's kind of... You know, sad news, but Elgin Baylor died a few days ago of natural causes. He was 86 years old, and he was the NBA's original high flyer. And just looking at his highlight showcase as much, I know you guys are Laker fans. Do you guys have any quick particular thoughts that come to mind whenever you think of Elgin Baylor? And perhaps not the fact that he is, I think, the only player who's been to the finals the most times and never won a championship. Except for that. Do you guys have any good memories of Elgin Baylor? First of all, um, condolences to Elgin Baylor's family. He was a legend of the game. One of the earlier Laker legends. Uh, he will always be remembered as Jerry West's partner in crime. It's a shame that he didn't really win a, a championship at the end, uh, but I think his impact on the Lakers franchise will forever be pronounced, uh, profound. It's because of him and Jerry West that um, basketball in Los Angeles got on the map. And if it, if it wasn't for Elgin and Jerry, Magic, Kobe, Kareem, LeBron, AD, this wouldn't, all this would not exist. So condolences to his family. He will be missed. Yeah, big, big echo on that uh, as far as the life of Elgin Baylor. I like to always say that celebrate life. Um, when I think of Elgin Baylor, I think six, five averaging 20 rebounds a game. Like that's unheard of even back in yeah. the day. Like it's just, it's just wild. It's crazy to think. But the other thing is bro was, he was enlisted in the army as well and was doing that right stuff. Weekend, and, all, yeah. and, and you know, yep. like that, that's what I think of when I think of Elgin Baylor. Um, and it's just crazy to see, um, you know, I wasn't as, you know how they attribute certain players to making a difference within or impact within the NBA. I, I was unaware until I listened to Stu Lance a little talk about him a little bit more about uh, the one-headed jump shots. But now Elgin Baylor was coming up with two heads. He was he was gliding to the rim, hang time. So yeah, just celebrate life. He was an awesome uh, player, and it was it was dope to see him at Lakers games and seeing him live live to reach 86, which which is not a small feat yeah. in itself. So again, celebrate life. He's a Laker legend. Um, He's a basketball legend, and he was just a dope person with everything that he was doing as far as serving the country and in, and transcending the NBA back in the early 20th century or mid-20th century. Absolutely. You cannot write the story of NBA basketball without Elgin Baylor. I studied him as a kid. I listened to how much Kobe talked about him. And what you need to know about Elgin Baylor is that there's no Michael Jordan. 
There's no yep. Kobe Bryant. There's no LeBron James and all of these wing players that we love watching today who can do it all, who can score from anywhere on the floor and dunk the ball and get the rebounds. None of that happens without Elgin Baylor. He was the first Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, do it all, all around, nod big man type of superstar in NBA history. The guy has revolutionized the game of basketball and any of the true greats respect Elgin Baylor so much for that. The points we've heard today, too, about the man he was, how much he was around the Lakers, him speaking with Kobe at Shaq's uh, statue induction or Shaq's statue raising uh, was just incredible. He's he's not just a figure in Laker basketball, but when you talk about that top tier of players, you know, top 30, when you're talking greatest players of all time, you got to include Elgin Baylor in there. He's, he's really in that tier, and uh, he's a legend forever, legendary life, and anytime we watch basketball, his legacy lives on. Uh, Skylar, I just wanted to add um, just some head notes in history. Back in the 60s, when Jerry West and Elgin Miller were on the Lakers, basketball was on the back burner in, in, the, in the morning newspapers. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, like basketball would not be as relevant today. It's because of them that basketball is on the front page of the LA Times, front page of, of you know, the media cycle. So props to them. And one more thing about the championship note is that Elgin Baylor was on the squad and retired halfway through the season. So if it was today, he would actually have a ring because he played with the team that year. So that's how close he was to winning a ring with Jerry West. Yeah, his hairstyle was on point. Slick back, you know what I'm saying? Parted. Okay, Elgin, I see you, big pimpin'. Yeah, right. It's it's one of those things that in more ways than one, his impact to the game of basketball is just – undeniable and i think that you know him along with pistol pete marovich those two guys because the way that they played the game it's so it's so recognizable now but when they played everyone thought wow this is such a crazy thing like you know looking at pete marovich for instance he's doing like underhand half court passes or he's doing the rondo fake or the rondo fake but you know what i mean right like he's doing all those things that we see today as regular but these dudes were the pioneers. And so special mention has to go up to them. Hopefully their impact on the game never wanes and everyone remembers who they are because it sucks that with the game and how it's progressed, these type of players that set the foundation for the players we know are slowly going into the history books and less and fewer and fewer people are recognizing who they are. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But, you know, shout out to Elgin Baylor, condolences to his family and, you know, just he lived a good life. No doubt. No doubt. Speaking of good life, let's play a quick game of is this a mover or a shaker? And guys, as you see here, a mover is a team or the move that helps a team in the playoff hunt. And a shaker is a move that shakes out the lottery odds. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, sir. I was a very hesitant okay, but once we get into it, you guys will figure it out. We'll see. Mover's but, good, shaker's bad. Yeah, you, you can think of it that way, yeah. So first off, we have the big news that broke very, very early in the morning. The Bulls acquire all-star, all-star, all-star center Nikola or Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Amino 
from the Magic for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and their 2021 top four protected pick and a 2023 first round pick. What do you guys what do you guys think? Is that a mover or a shaker? I'm leaning towards mover. Uh, I think Nikola Vucevic is one of the best uh, scoring big men in in today's NBA. Uh, he's going to be partnered up with Laurie Markkinen, um, a shooter that can, you know, he's a big, but he's a shooter on the outside. The thing is, they're both bigs, but they, in a way, they could complement each other. So I, it's it's a good move. It's not the greatest move in my opinion, but yeah, I'm going to lean towards the mover part. I think this is they Chicago added a plus here. Fair enough. Fair big enough. facts. Big facts. It's 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 a mover for sure. It, it's not only ex- establishing a better, hopefully winning culture uh, within this season, but for the for the for the years to come. Now you're pairing two all stars because Vucevic. <laughs> I'm so happy I can say that because I just watched Kilja Perkins like struggle the <laughs> how to say that motherfucking name. Uh, Vucevic, <laughs> Vucevic, uh, and Zach Levine. You have two all stars in the East. You yes. have a big that could do a lot of things. He's a lot of things. He's consistent. He's been consistent. He's been under the radar. I feel like this is a a, a perfect fit for the Bulls. He doesn't have to do much. Do what you've been doing with the Magic, but now you have all star caliber. Uh, player to get in a pick and roll, pick and pop with Zach Levine. Anybody else that we're kind of building around these these two is complimentary. So I think this is this is good. They they get rid of Otto Porter's ugly contract. Alfred Camino hasn't been relevant since. Alfred Camino hasn't been relevant. Um, <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. has not lived up to the hype. He's an undersized center in my opinion. I know he's six ten, but they probably given him an inch or two. Um, and they have their pick is protected. Or at least the 2021 pick is protected, right? So yeah. it, the Bulls have to make some type of move, and I feel like this is great. You you just got an All Star, so mover. Oh, especially in ab- the East. Absolute mover, absolute mover. You got Nikola Vucevic doing it and doing it well. Always shout out to the USC Trojans. This guy is a baller. He can score and he can defend and he can rebound. And he also has a bit of a passing sense too. So I think this is an amazing move. You now have a double all-star duo of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Are you kidding me? I think this is great. I think this makes this Bulls squad the best they've looked since like 2011 with Rose and Joakim Noah and, you know, having Luol Dang on there. I think this squad is looking really nice. You've got young, motivated talent around Vucevic, whereas we saw what happened with the Magic. Things were going too well there as far as the motivation factor. And so I think this is an excellent move and really propels the Bulls into playoff contention. Markkinen's 23. He's only 23, so you never know what those three players together could evolve into. I think this is a bigger move for the Bulls than people expect. And they uh, also have think- White, too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And can't and wait have, to see him. You have to give uh, a lot of credit to Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley, the new president of basketball operations and the new general manager of the Bulls, because they did something that Gar Packs. Gar Foreman and John Paxson couldn't do in their tenure, which was turn a culture into something that isn't toxic. And, you know, big shout out to them. This is their first year together and they got Billy Donovan and they have the Bulls playing an enjoyable brand of basketball, which is really, really strange to say. But after what, like five, six years of watching kind of crap basketball from them, this is a good sign that the basketball gods have finally descended on the Bulls and said, you know what? 
your guys' t- you your guys' time being crap is done. We're gonna help you guys out now. So big shout out to them for getting things done. But go ahead, Daniel. Uh yeah, sorry for trying to interrupt there, but uh I think this I agree with what you and Skylar said. Big props to the front office. They have they've honestly done a great job of turning things culturally around because let's be honest, when Jimmy Butler was there, like we heard all the stories about like the Bulls supposedly spying on him. Like that was like that was bad news. So like Props to them there. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I think this, I, I agree with Skyra. This this move turns this Bulls team into a bona fide a yearly playoff squad. And by, yeah. I, I think the next two, three, three, five seasons, this Bulls team is going to be regular in the top four in Eastern Conference. Wow. I, like I wouldn't that. say, okay, I wouldn't say they're five years. I would say four because Vucevic is 30 this year. So I give him maybe three to four good three to four more good years, at least putting up these kind of numbers. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, I want to retract the earlier statement. Uh, I, I threw some shade on Alfred Camino. I totally misread that. This is the Bulls are gaining Alfred Camino, which mm-hmm. is pretty solid. They're getting a versatile wing. Uh, I was talking shade as if it was vice versa, but just want to throw that out there. So they do get a, a solid, decent role player, but he still is hasn't been relevant. But yeah, yeah. And he makes up for a bit of the defense of losing Otto Porter Jr. too. Like he's just a wing body and a little bit bigger, but I think that's a nice uh, a nice replacement in that regard as well. Yeah, because Aminu, he's just a big body. When he was playing with the Trailblazers a few years ago, he was just that dude. He can hit timely threes, but he can defend one through four easily. So I think that's yep. what the Bulls really need, considering that the last few games that they've played, I think they're two and ten in their last few games where they let over 15 points. So they need some defense to shore that up, but overall good stuff for good stuff for the bulls. They also get Javante green and Troy Brown and Mo Wagner, who they initially got in a deal with the wizards in which they traded Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson got traded to the Celtics, which we'll get into in a little bit, but there's a lot more complications, but the main deal is you guys are pretty much, you know, movers movers on the bulls acquiring Nikola Vucevic or Nikola Vucevic. Damn, I'm going to get that name right one day. That being said, I mentioned the Celtics. What do you guys think about the Celtics acquiring Evan Fournier for Jeff Teague and a second and two second rounders? Personally, I have mixed feelings on this one. Is this a mover or a shaker? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to, I'm leaning towards uh, shaker. Uh, Evan Fournier is a good player. He adds depth to that bench. But the thing is, that's not, that's, that wasn't the, that wasn't Boston's number one priority going in. What the Boston Celtics needed was a big, and they failed to get that. They failed to to protect the rim, and they they failed to get that. I think so. This they, te- they technically did get a big in Luke Cornett in a trade with the aforementioned Bulls. Now he's not the big that people are expecting, but he is a big body nonetheless. So it's more. a big body, Jared, but I don't think it's it's not the big they needed. They they failed to yep. uh, to accomplish their objective. So it was personally it wasn't the greatest day for Boston's perspective. I'm sorry, Celtics fans hate on me, but uh, the Celtics failed here. All right. I, I, I see I see your point. I see your point. Um, I see your point. They they really needed the big. They could have went for Miles Turner. They've been hesitant uh, for years. But uh, I'm gonna say this is a mover because 
they have multiple areas that they needed to fix. That big was was the biggest, but they really needed a bench as well because with without Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on the court, sometimes if Kimball Walker remembers that he's Kimball Walker, they don't have any offense. You have Marcus. I just watched the game yesterday against the Bucks. A uh, peek behind the cur- curtain. Yesterday being Wednesday, we're recording on Thursday. Uh, and Marcus Smart took the second to last shot. He drove to the paint. Why? Why is he taking the shot? And then Daniel Dice, 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 Dice. How you pronounce his name? Now I got got me sounding like Kendrick Perkins out here, man. Dice, Dice. All right, Dice. And he take. Dice. Daniel takes the last shot and misses it and gets traded. I feel like this is a, a mover because they 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 fill out one of the needs that they they needed to do, which was uh, solidify their bench. Evan Fournier could score 17, 18 points off the bench. So small steps. They can they could potentially get a big on a buyout. Maybe that was their whole objective. Maybe they think they got a, a chance for Andre Drummond or or another big that we just aren't thinking about that just comes out of nowhere and is able to just be a big body there. Oh, it's interesting. This this is a tough one. I'm I hate to be in the middle, but I'm very in the middle on this one. Overall, though, I'm gonna lean towards Shaker Ooh, and say that. Yeah and say that, you know, one of the most underrated factors here who has to play out for this to be a mover for me, actually, is that Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner trade. We saw Mo Mo Wagner, the latest guy to play for the Lakers and Celtics, but he could hit the three a little bit, and he is a big, although he's a lanky big, so he can't really provide that presence in the paint that they're looking for, but he does provide a little bit of size. So his development is a big factor in how today's venture for Boston turns out they did not get the big they needed. They needed real size and presence in the paint. Fournier though, having that scoring off the bench, that's great. Don't get me wrong, but, but with Tatum and Brown coming back, is that really what they needed in the playoffs? And I'm not so sure that it really is. So for me, it's, it's not like it's a massive shaker. It's just a bit of a shaker compared to what Boston needed unless Mo Wagner can really turn out because uh, no, with uh, Luke Cornett there. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't see too much. It doesn't really move the needle for me. So it'll be interesting to see if Mo Wagner can adapt into really being that modern NBA big. And it's crazy. I don't know if I'm messed up for thinking this, but I didn't know Luke Cornett was still in the league. I thought that he kind of just like disappeared kind of like, um, this oh uh, yeah like this one bulls forward that i forgot his name he was german um all something but anyways um yes since we're talking about the magic still they decided to just blow everything up they traded vucevic they traded fournier surprisingly didn't trade terence ross yet probably in the offseason or something but they also traded Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. The main piece is Aaron Gordon for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 protected first-round pick. Now, mm-hmm. if you're the Nuggets, I think this is a this is a mover. Like you, you got the pieces that you wanted. You got the pieces that you needed. So it's only up from here. It's up to Mike Malone to figure things out. At least that's my perspective on the Nuggets. What about you guys? Are you guys definite movers? I think Denver won the trade deadline today. First of all, they get Aaron Gordon. Ooh, that's they a get big addition- one. They get the they get an additional score to pair up with with the likes of Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, helping out those two young guys. Um, obviously, for Nikola Jokic, he gets another option outside the perimeter for him to run the ball, run the offense through. Set and then 
And the second point is they got a big, uh, let's, let's be honest. The Denver Nuggets have been struggling on defense all year. Defense has been one of their biggest liabilities. JaVale McGee uh, toughens up that defense a little bit. So the Denver Nuggets got a balance of offense. that got a balance of defense. This Denver team is going to be more refined going in for the next, for the rest of the year. And they will be in better uh, position come playoff time. They're the, they're the winners here. They won the trade deadline. I have to agree with Daniel and the big that uh, Daniel is referring to is JaVel McGee. So that, that was the big that he's referring to. So I think because I'm not considering Aaron Gordon a big, I'm considering him a wing. So I don't know if I got confused there, but anyways, back to my argument. Um, uh, this is uh, mo- undoubtedly a, a mover. They get a two-way player. That is what the Denver Nuggets need. They're missing that Jeremy Grant type player and Aaron Gordon is arguably going to fill in that role um in addition to that he's going to give you better scoring and he's going to be in he's an at, he's athletic so now the denver nuggets you know they have a lot of you know low to the ground type players um mm-hmm. very skilled but now they have somebody that could jump off off the floor i mean think about this think about the lobs that he's going to catch from uh 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 Jokic, because I'm not going to pronounce his first name because I'm going <laughs> to pronounce it wrong. Jokic from the top of the key or freaking uh, free throw line extended. So I think this is the change of scenery that Aaron Gordon needed. Now you have the light-skinned duo of Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon on the same squad. Uh, I just I feel like this is what they needed. I think I agree with you, Daniel, here, and I feel like the Denver Nuggets are getting closer to being um, – even scarier as far as uh, championship contenders. Like there, there's just about one, one or two things missing. But other than that, they're they're mm-hmm. growing. And and on top of that, Gordon is still young, so their future is looking very bright. And they they didn't give up much. Gary Harris has been underperforming. R.J. Hampton wasn't gonna really blossom because you got uh, Jamal Murray, and then they got the protected first round pick. So twenty twenty five mover for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this this is an absolute mover. You can't deny it. This is not just exactly what Denver needed, but it's also exactly what Aaron Gordon needed. We all remember Aaron Gordon in that dunk contest, and he's a really great player, hitting the three with a lot of potential. I said it last week, and I think this is an excellent, excellent, rejuvenating starting spot for him, and I'm really, really excited to see what happens. As far as who won the trade deadline, I... I still think it might be the Bulls with Vucevic and Levine. I think Levine having a big who can score is going to be the biggest win of the trade deadline as far as moving from below playoff to within the playoffs. However, this likely makes Denver the second best team. Well, we'll talk about what the Clippers did too, but definitely top three um, and probably two so that they can go to the Western conference finals for a rematch to lose against the Lakers. But Regardless, Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets is a huge, huge mover. Watch out for this trio. It's not a big three, but Aaron Gordon will give them what they need. And I love that Jeremy Grant comparison, G. I think that he really does fill that role with just a little bit more energy. And don't forget, the uh, the Nuggets also picked up JaVale McGee for Isaiah Hartenstein and two second rounders in 2023 and 27. So just to shore up that front line, because we all know that Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic is not the most fleet of foot. So, you know, probably help out there. But go ahead, Daniel. 
Uh, I just wanted to disagree with you, Skylar, on that point. The reason I say the Denver Nuggets won the trade line instead of the Bulls is that what Denver did increases their puts them in a better position in the championship conversation. Yeah, what the Bulls did was good, but they're still a playoff. They're a bona fide playoff team, but I would not consider them to be in the championship bubble. What Denver did is going to help them in the long run in that conversation. So that's why I'm I'm going to have to disagree with you. Denver clearly wins the trade deadline here. Well, I completely Chicago. understand, but it's, it is it is subjective as to what is winning the trade deadline because to me, Denver was already in the championship picture. For me, the Bulls were not in the playoff picture. So I might have to agree to disagree, but I totally respect your point. And if you're looking at it from the perspective of who is more of a championship contender, it is the Nuggets, but they were already a championship contender. So that's why I see it as the Bulls. But yeah, I'm excited to see Denver play with uh, Gordon and JaVale for sure. It'll be interesting. And because we're talking about the magic, let's turn let's turn our attention to what they got in return for arguably their three best players, right? They got Otto Porter Jr. or Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., a top four pick this year, a, a first round pick in 2023, Jeff Teague, two second rounders, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 first round pick. I mean wow. Top four protected. Which is definitely going to be theirs. So, I mean, like Skylar said, the Bulls are now in firmly in playoff contention. So that's probably going to be what 16 through 28, whatever. So, overall, what do you guys think of what do you think of the magic blowing things up? Is this a shaker? Uh, I think it's definitely a shaker. Uh, look, the magic, what they did here, they're, they're fully signaling that they're in full rebuilding mode now. Uh, then again, this franchise has not really done anything since the Dwight Howard era. Uh, I guess for the pieces they got, for the pieces they moved, um, I guess it's serviceable. Otto Porter Jr., uh, fairly decent player. It gives you good defense on the on the perimeter. Uh, Gary Harris Jr., nice player as well. Jeff Teague, they're all good. But I think um, I think this team is going to be one of the they're they're going to be in the dumpster fire for the next three to five years. They're, uh, at least they got a top four protected pick out of this thing. I, I believe the, I believe the the biggest acquisitions that they got was young talent, RJ Hampton, for sure, and Wendell Carter Jr. That's what they wanted. They want that. Otto Porter is disposable. They're not resigning him, <laughs> bro. Is like he's done after this season, right? So, I, for the purposes of wanting to get those young talent, he, they still got picks out of it. And a lot of these players are like under the radar players. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't even know who Vucevic is. And I'm just talking like in general. And he's been an under radar player in uh, probably what's the word I'm looking for? Um, underrated player. Uh, throughout his career. So I don't think NBA executives or NBA GMs were going to throw an arm and a leg at him. So to get this out of it, to get cap flexibility for their young stars that they're hoping grows into things such as uh, their point guard that I'm, I'm having a lot of brain farts today. Markel What's their point Fultz? guard's name? Yeah. Markel Fultz. Um, they still like Jonathan Isaac, Bam, not Bam. See what the Mo hell? Bamba? They're sitting there. Mo Bamba. Oh my God. But yeah, <laughs> so they just, they do have a young, lot of young talent and they're just trying to, they're trying to secure these picks now. So I think they did a good job because they're going to be asked. They're, they're going to fall down the, the uh, standings and now they're going to get a, get a good pick. And now it's, it's, it's that, it's that um, they're trying to get, they're trying to win that lottery. Daniel Cade Cunningham, everybody wants, him, right? Everybody wants Cade Cunningham. So maybe the magic are able to, muster up some type of deal where they're able to get that first overall pick. And now you got Kate Cunningham on the magic. So, yeah. 
I think it was good. It was a mover. It was a mover in my 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 opinion. I'm very optimistic this podcast episode. Yeah, interesting, interesting because it for me it's it's a shaker for this year, but it's an absolute long term mover. Uh, that's how I see yeah. it because also let's not forget Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony now has all yeah. these pieces around him mm-hmm. to develop with and new draft picks coming in. I see the magic becoming like a successful version of what the Timberwolves tried to do with so many picks and a rebuild and keep tanking. I see, I see this more being a trust the process kind of move and what happened with Philly, because I really have a lot of faith in Cole Anthony. We haven't seen what Mo Bamba can do yet. Uh, RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, Wendell Carter Jr. I like it. I, I really do. Like it's a shaker for this year. They're going for that lottery, no doubt, but overall, I think this will pay off for the magic because you guys know I'm not a huge fan of the whole draft picks and tank, but with where the magic are at, I hate to admit it because I never believe in losing on purpose, but they got what they needed for sure. <laughs> Let's hope so because we've seen this we've seen this movie from the magic before, right? When Dwight got traded, they were just in this weird limbo stage for like the next six years of they don't know what they, they wanted nothing. to do. They, yeah. they drafted all these players but then they didn't know what to do with them. And they just kind of were like in this limbo of being bad, but not drafting good enough to be good enough to make it to the playoffs. And then once they stumbled into like the triumvirate of like Fournier, uh, Vucevic and Gordon, that's when they started seeing some success, but then all of a sudden it's done. So hopefully this doesn't happen again, you know, fingers crossed, you know, but it's, it's the magic. We'll see. They haven't done any magic in a long time so we'll go from there but staying in florida the heat have acquired victor oladipo from the rockets for avery bradley kelly olenic and a draft swap they also acquired nemanja bielitsa from the kings for mo harkless and chris silva thoughts on this for me it's a definite Uh, mover definite 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 mover Definite mover. Uh, the Miami Heat and Pat Riley, Mickey Harrison, and crew have pulled off a coup. They have they have acquired Victor Oladipo, one of the better guards in the NBA today, for Avery Brad, like giving up Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Uh, absolutely, like this is a mover. Uh, Victor Oladipo adds a is a is going to become a great partner to Jimmy Butler. I think that 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 court tandem is going to uh be a, a solid foundation for them heading. I think they're going to head into the playoffs. I think it's going to be. A solid foundation for this year, for this year's playoff run, and next year's playoff run. Because, like, yeah, like Victor, I think this is a great move. Victor Oladipo fits into their system. Miami absolutely won here. They absolutely won. Houston, they come off as dumbasses. They come off as dumbasses. We'll get to them. We'll get to them in a very, very little bit. But go ahead, G. What's what's on your mind, man? Uh, Big facts. I agree with you, Daniel. The Houston Rockets are just notoriously known for dumb trades because that's all they've been doing this whole year. Uh, that's a bag of chips, bro. You got, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, heat really, the Heat really like pulled off some. They pulled off some Rob Palinka type <laughs> here. Uh, absolutely a mover. You got. You, I hope Victor Oladipo can stay um, healthy. Uh, they're not. The Heat aren't going to go to the conference finals, unfortunately, but <laughs> and their team looks better. Like, you know, uh, pairing these two, these two up um, to, this is going to be difficult for offensive players to have to uh, fa- see uh, Victor Oladipo and uh, Jimmy Butler guarding them. So and I think, Bam. I think, yeah. And then bam. Yeah. So I think, I think this was good because the heat weren't sold on who they got in off season. Like 
Avery Bradley didn't live up to the hype, and you get a you get an all star type player in uh, Victor Oladipo. So of course this is a mover. Yeah, it's undeniably it's a it's a huge mover. I mean Oladipo bringing the energy back to South Beach. Let's see. Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, and Bam Adebayo could turn into the new big three. No, there's no LeBron James and all of that. But still, Butler in the playoffs last year, I don't know. He was pretty special. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out. What I love, though, is Victor Oladipo fits Miami Heat culture. He really Absolutely. does, just how he's built as a player. And so I think that they're really – Miami wins this trade. This is a big move for them. And it's tough to even think about how dangerous they are in the playoffs. I mean, they, they've been making waves before Oladipo came and we saw them get into the finals last year. And it's tough to believe they do it again this year, but Oladipo can hoop. Oladipo can hoop. So this is going to be really interesting, but definite mover. Provided he stays healthy. And one of the things that I really wanted to touch on quickly was the Rockets in all of this, because they, my head. yeah, Dude, I if I can shake my head more than I could, because if I do that too much, I get a headache. But if I can, I would, because just a few notes on the Rockets, right? So a few days ago, the Rockets were mired in a really, really bad game, losing streak, and they won their first game in 21 attempts, all right? Currently, they're 12 and 31, and they're in line to receive a top three pick. If they don't end up with at least a top three pick or a top four pick, that pick turns into the Heat selection, whatever they end up being. So if the Heat do well, they're going to get probably, for a really bad record, they could probably get the number 28 pick or something. But in this weird scenario, right? And so after spending a lot of time trying to make sense of all of this and how Houston's draft choices will shake out, this is what I got. If the Rockets get a top four pick, by being extremely bad, which they currently are, they keep it. Meanwhile, if this happens, OKC will keep its pick and Miami's pick. If the Rockets fall out of the top four, the pick goes to Oklahoma City and Houston gets Miami's pick, the aforementioned 28th pick or whatever. Houston can also pick swap with Brooklyn, but because Brooklyn's good, why would they want to? There's also a bunch of different pick swaps involved, but that's you know a ton already. And it's interesting because they turned James Harden, James Harden, the perennial MVP candidate for however long he was with the Rockets. They turned James Harden into four first round picks, five second round picks, 20 games of Victor Oladipo, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, Dante Exum, and Rodion's Kurooks, who then got traded to the Bucks. If you're a Rockets fan, I am so sorry. You're your organization is ass. I feel bad for Steven Silas for having to deal with this. And this is rough, man. I, this is so rough. Like I, uh, I don't even have anything to say about this. This is so rough. I, I have a feeling that Steven Silas's reign as Houston Rockets head coach is going to be short lived. Uh, I mean, when you're a young head coach and all this is thrown at you, you're bound to crumple. So Steven Silas in you know, a year or two may not even have a job. Uh, the Houston Rockets fell for a trap here. Uh, this gives me a little bit of vibes of the, the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics uh, when they traded in for uh, Boston's retirement home. Uh, I think I think this this season in particular will go down as one of the most catastrophic seasons in Houston Rockets history. I think this is going to sting them for the next five, seven years. I'm not kidding. I think the, the rebuild, I think the rebuild 
what Houston's about to go through is going to be one of those long ones. So Rockets fans, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your city in general. Houston sports absolutely are absolutely abysmal. I think the next five, seven years is going to be a long run. Uh, expect a lot of miserable seasons to come. I'm sorry. Dang. There's no way of sugarcoating it. And really quickly before you guys hop in here. So the Rockets could have had Ben Simmons, but yep. Tillman Fertitta, the owner, the whatever they call the, the governor of the Rockets, declined that trade because it was coming from Daryl Morey. And oh. just to spite Daryl Morey, he's like, no, we're not going to accept that. We're going to pick something else. What? Yeah. <laughs> so this is the best they got. So shout out to Speechless. Tillman Fertitta. I want to first say I don't want to put the blame on Steven Silas. Like, we shouldn't even consider this a part of his resume. Like, how are we putting the blame on the coach? Do you see what oh. the, the buffoonery that's going on? I mean, on I'm not trying end? to. I, but I'm just saying, like, I've seen coaches, regardless, so it's not even going to get to the ethnicity, but I've seen coaches be on ass teams for multiple years. Like, you you want to establish some, some type of stability? I mean, I'm not going to put the blame on him. But to talk about this GM, bro, like, that's mind-blowing, like – Raphael what, Stone? bro? You, 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 that's not professional at all. That's some petty, shit. that's some high school, shit. bro. You're running an NBA organization, bro. Let me win the lottery so I can run the Houston Rockets because if I could have got Ben Simmons instead of this, bullshit, I would have did it. So um, quick, quick, I, uh, quick clarification it was the owner, not the GM, GM Raphael Stonehead. Yeah, let yeah. me win the lottery so I could own the Houston Rockets and I would, wouldn't do some. Bullshit uh that's all i gotta say i mean what else what else is there to say <laughs> wow absolutely and no positive shout out to steven silas i was really excited to see him get to work with james harden and russell westbrook remember those days feels like a lifetime ago but yeah. they were both on the houston rockets before this season started and the funniest thing to point out here is that james harden is probably now part of the two biggest lopsided NBA trades in recent memory. Let's not forget that he got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's considered the worst trade ever. And then full circle, karma, the Houston Rockets get the worst payout ever for James Harden. It's I've just had to point that out because like that's so full circle and crazy that they absolutely stole James Harden, and now James Harden was absolutely stolen from them. So... That's the reality of this situation, though. He was stolen. A, a crime was committed. This is horrific. They got absolutely nothing. Uh, poor Kelly Olynyk. he's a Canadian guy, was having fun in Miami. Now he's got to go to a pretty bum franchise. A pretty yes. bum franchise right now. And uh, Avery Bradley, yeah, you shouldn't have left the Lakers, man. That's what happens. So anyways, uh, overall, though, no, Avery Bradley's a great defensive player. He's just not going to be able to do much over in Houston. So overall, you know, this is just ridiculous. It's a horrible payout. Uh, as she said, just the definition of petty. I mean, you look up petty in the dictionary, a picture of James Harden on the Nets should be beside it after this. Like, this is bad. This is really bad. Yes. So poor Houston, prayers up for them. Uh, historic franchise overall with Akeem Olajuwon, Calvin Murphy and those boys, Kenny the Jet Smith, and, uh, of course, the T-Mac and Yao Ming days. But those days, uh, you might want to go Francis. play some old tapes if you're a – and Steve Francis, the franchise, you might want to go play pull. some old tapes of those days for right now because it's going to be a little while. Yeah, what a pull, man. What a pull. It's – what else can you say about the Rockets, right? All of this hoopla and then 
that, whatever that is. I'm looking at the trade again. It's just so weird that they only got four first round picks and five second rounders. Like, you know, they lost. Players aside, those picks aren't even good. Like, <laughs> they're not they even got great. Like, what? Man. And they give up so they give up so easily. Like they they're they're very outrageous with their rosters. Like oh they they got John Wall, got Demarcus Cousins. Thought it was twenty of uh, uh, thirteen or twenty fifteen again. <laughs> or like what? I mean the biggest the best thing they did was sign Christian Wood. And now I'm like mm-hmm. if I'm Christian Wood, I'm like what? I, what did I just get myself <laughs> into? This this is ridiculous, bro. This is uh I'm gonna take a turn from uh, Daniel. It's a dumpster fire. It's a it's a fest. Yeah. So that's Wood's their only hope, and I guess John Wall and losing 21 straight is just not good enough. But shout out to Steven Silas. Uh, I really hope he gets another shot in the NBA. This should not be a black mark on his resume. Uh, he has roots in the NBA with his father, and so I really, really hope that he gets a shot with another team because this is a garbage situation and it's not his fault. So shout out to Steven Silas. Yeah, absolutely. And Skylar, you mentioned shot. Well, the Trailblazers got a shot in the arm that they needed because they acquired Norman Powell from the Raptors for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. So really interesting fact, all the Garys in the NBA got traded on the same day. So Gary mm-hmm. Trent, mm. uh, Gary Harris, and the other Gary. Sorry, Gar- other Gary. Uh, Clark. Gary Clark. Yeah. All of them got traded on the same day. So sucks to be a Gary on NBA trade deadline day, but... Yeah, thoughts on the Trailblazers acquiring Norman Powell, a 19.6 per game scorer. Uh, I think this is a great move on Portland's part. Uh, oh. you're, you, you said exactly what I was thinking. The Portland Trailblazers are getting a 19-point-something uh, score. They're going to uh, pair it up with Damian Lillard. And just in time for C.J. McCollum uh, to come back and return for the playoffs, I think the Trailblazers are looking fine here. Uh, I think they're gonna the Blazers will they're going to put up a good playoff run. I'm just going to say that for sure. And Yusuf Nurkic is coming back to you. He's coming back to you. Yeah, according to Yusuf Nur- Nurkic sources. Big facts. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a mover. This is undoubtedly a great move for the Portland tra- Trailblazers. We've discussed this earlier um, that out of uh, Damian Lillard when CJ was injured, there was nobody really putting up buckets. Now, Gary Trent is on the rise, but I just didn't believe that the Portland Trailblazers were going to sign him to an extension beyond this year. So getting one of those veteran players in Norman Powell that's having a career year, not only is he scoring 19 points a game, he's shooting 44% from three. I'm rounding up here. He's almost hitting three threes a game. Now you have another... Like the, the Blazers are known for hitting those dagger threes. You got Melo, you got CJ, you got Dane, and now we got Norman Powell. And on, on top of that, I he's I think, in my opinion, he's just as good as defender as Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Roddy Hood wasn't doing much for you. Um, Ten mil on the books. Now it's off the books. This was a this was a good trade, and arguably, this like this is up there top 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 three. Um, I'm still thinking that uh, the Aaron Gordon trade is number one, but the Blazers trade they 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 just got they just got a little bit more dangerous, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Stormin Norman, Norman Powell. This guy has been balling out on the Raptors for a long, long time. He can hit the three. He can dunk. He can slam a jam. He can rip it up from anywhere on the floor. And he's a fully capable defender. He's not a phenomenal defender, but you can't say he's a bad defender. So he really does make up for that Gary Trent Jr. loss. But his offense is amazing. He just dropped a 40-piece. Like, come on. And this guy's been mm-hmm. balling out for years just not as consistently but it seems like it's coming together 
this really to me is by far the most underrated move of the day i think this is huge for the trailblazers dame dollar deserves a championship eventually so keep this squad together keep going and uh i, I want to see what happens but i think storm and norman powell on the portland trailblazers is a really amazing move for them and they'll miss gary trent jr but to me he makes up for that. He really, really does. And the potential is, is there and it's coming together at the right time. And it's always been there. So I'm very, very excited for the Portland trailblazers on this. Hmm. Really quickly. Would Jabari Parker on the blazers interest you guys at all? Because according to Dave McMenamin, McMenamin right now, the Kings are planning to wave Jabari Parker breaking news. Um, it could be a nice addition. Uh, Jabari Parker is a is he's still young. He's had injury problems. I mean, it it wouldn't five teams it in would, seven years. Yes, it would. He would be good off the bench. I mean, it wouldn't be like a game changer, but he would, in my opinion, he wouldn't be the worst addition. But I think he he'll be an okay one at best. Um, I honestly want him to succeed. He was a second overall pick in his draft class, Chicago kid, like, I, you know, slasher. It, it's, I want him to succeed, but I just don't see it on the Blazers, unfortunately, especially what you having him come off the bench with, with, with cancer. It just is the spacing will be off, in my opinion. Um, I Hopefully they can find another team where he's a little bit more effective, and hopefully it could be a team that is actually um, maybe like the Warriors. Like, we do have space. We do have space. But <laughs> uh, maybe like a, a team like that that could compete a little bit. But I just I don't I don't see it with the Blazers. I feel like there may be something else missing. Maybe maybe uh, San Antonio. It's not him. Yeah, maybe San Antonio. Let let him develop with Pop. And I, I for some reason Jabari Parker he's not Rudy Gay, but I feel feel like he could be a Rudy Gay. So maybe that's the mentor that he needs. Um, but I I don't see it. Blazers, but hopefully he gets back in the NBA because I want I want to feel this story. Jabari Parker was supposed to be amazing in this league. He was for a very very short time. But yes. go ahead, Skyler. Absolutely, Jabari Barker. Let's not forget he averaged twenty point one points a game with the Milwaukee Bucks in two thousand and seventeen. Uh, he was there. He was well on his way up, and unfortunately. It went down a little bit that he got back up to 15 and now he was averaging 8.5 this year. So that's tough. He is a feel good story. I want him to be, uh, I really hope he gets back there. And for me, after talking about Storm and Norman Powell leaving the Toronto Raptors, I'm actually thinking Jabari Parker could be a nice fit there. He doesn't make up for necessarily what they lost with Powell, but after losing Ibaka, after losing Marcus Gasol, Jabari provides a little bit of that size and this, not the same size as those two, but he provides that stretch because he usually played at the four. And so I really think that Jabari on the Raptors could be a nice move. Not sure he's needed on the Trailblazers, but I really hope he finds a great spot and a great fit. And uh, if the Lakers can't secure Andre Drummond, the Lakers, Andre Ingram, we like feel-good stories, so come over to Hollywood. Yeah, and don't forget, there's no defense to be played whenever he's on the court. So, just, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but hopefully he gets his career on track. You know, he's still a very young player. I think he's like 24, 25, and, you know, he still has something to prove. So, fingers crossed that he gets – a little bit better and you know defensively at least because that's where teams need him the most but speaking of defense 
The Clippers acquired Rajon Rondo from the Atlanta Hawks for Lou Williams and two second-round picks and cash. Um, the Clippers also received a 2022 second-round pick from the Kings via Atlanta for Mufondu Kabengele and a 2022nd second-round pick. So, thoughts on the Clippers' moves? Are they movers or are they shakers? Personally, I think uh, they're shakers because R- Rajon Rondo doesn't move the needle in any way, I suppose, because... Rondo's looked like a shell of himself, so really interested on what you guys think. Uh, absolutely. I think they're, uh, I'm going to have to say is, uh, this is coming from an unbiased opinion. The Clippers absolutely shook it here. They're, it's This is a shaker move. Rajon Rondo, look, Lou Williams had his problems. Yes, he was not perfect for this team. Yeah, maybe the Clippers got a point guard in return, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day Rajon Rondo has averaged three points this season like you're absolutely right, Jared. He's he looked a shell of a shell of himself, and he's has struggled with injuries all season long. He's only played 27 games this year. 27 games. He's barely played at all. So you traded a guy who's who's been averaging 12 points and who has been there for you, available all season long, for a guy that hasn't been there. The one of the most underrated parts of the NBA is that you know the best people involved are are, are those players that are always there. They're always available. So like. In, in a way, this this negatively affects the Clippers because because you're 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 getting a guy that's not going to be available for you. So yeah, I don't know personally. I don't didn't really know what Rondo was like, what this trade was all about. I like, I don't. This is not going to help them in their playoff run. So yeah, the it's an absolute it's an absolute shaker move here. I'm sorry. See, uh, I don't know about all of that. Uh, coming from an unbiased uh, opinion <laughs> here, uh, super unbiased. Psych. Uh, this I'm caught on the fence, but I I know why they did this. I know why they did this. If you if you look back in the playoffs, Lou Williams is a liability on the defensive end. You cannot have him when in there. In the playoffs, we need defense. And all you have to do, did you? Every time we play against the Clippers, Lou Williams in a game. LeBron James gets that pick, and he switch on him, and it's over. Barbecue chicken. Shout out to Shaq. Um, this is a good 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 thing for him. Rondo is a point guard. The Clippers do not have a point guard. I don't know what Patrick Beverly is, but he ain't a point guard. He can play defense. He, he, he'll give you a technical foul. He'll bark up a storm, but he's not a point guard. Rondo can facilitate. That's what the Clippers wanted. That's what the Clippers needed. They need a facilitator that can also hold his own on the defensive end. Especially he's not available. Play- especially, especially, especially when it comes to the playoffs. You, we know firsthand playoff Rondo. We know the impact that it has. So to sit here and say that it's not helping them in the playoffs, I have to totally disagree with you. I understand he's injured this in, in, the, in the regular season. Bro, Rondo was injured some games. He was uh, um, uh, suspended some games with the Lakers. But when it came to the playoffs, that motherfucker was healthy as I don't know what. He made sure he came to play. And that's exactly what he's going to do with this Los Angeles Clippers team. Lou Williams wasn't as effective within Ty, Ty Lue's uh, system. If we, if, we, if we date back to early, earlier in the season, Lou Williams averaging eight points a game. Doc Rivers, he was averaging almost 20 points a game. So his effectiveness on this Clippers team, not up to par. All they need is a point guard that can facilitate, especially when Kawhi Leonard or Georgia are not on the floor and can hold their own in the defensive end, and that's exactly what they, got, what they got. So with my argument now, I think I just convinced myself this is a mover. Of course, they ain't doing shit. Clippers. They're going to get taken out by the second round. They're not doing anything. But this helps their overall uh, team. Hey, man, you're, you're right on the nose about a lot of what you said. This is an absolute mover because now you're going to have playoff Rondo on a playoff team instead of the Hawks who are going nowhere 
pretty fast this season, at least. Uh, they'll get there eventually, but nah, it ain't looking good. So Rajon Rondo on the Clippers, it's exactly what they needed. Kawhi said earlier in the season, I want a point guard. I want a point guard. You got a point guard, a two-time champion who people said was done before he came to the Lakers and won championship number two. Rajon Rondo fits the gritty culture of the Clippers. I think, unfortunately, this is an underrated move. I really think that this actually does do a lot for them. I think this is exactly what they needed. They have someone to facilitate the ball to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and you got Serge too. Like it, It's a little bit dangerous in that regard. They are the Clippers, and I think getting rid of Lou Will as well, it is. It's the new era now. He was the last holdover of that Lob City era. Shout out to that era. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, Matt, even Austin Rivers and JJ Redick. Very fun to watch. But it's over now. It's over. Ladies and gentlemen, it is over. The Lob City era is done. Okay. And right now, we have a new era in Clipperland. And they've been a cursed franchise forever, but anything can happen at any time. They ain't beating the Lake Show this year. But maybe, just maybe, we can at least get a battle of L.A. somehow and have Rondo facing the L.A. Lakers with the L.A. Clippers in the playoffs. I like this move a lot for Rondo. He's better than people give him credit for still. And uh, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I think it'll make for very entertaining playoff series on the end of the Clippers. Hmm. So really quickly then, because we still have a few more trades to go through here, what are the odds that he pulls a Mavericks? Give me like a percentage. Uh, it is entirely possible that this can happen. Given his past playoff success, 20%. I just, it's, this is the Clippers we're talking about. So, may, I, I think the Clippers are going to fail in the playoffs regardless. They're, they're a second round exit waiting to happen. Okay, so Daniel, you're at 20%. G? All right, for the fans at home, what is pulling a Mavericks, Jared? So... Well, I don't know if this is what anyone would say, but it's when Rondo was with the Mavericks. They traded him for the long haul, and in the 2014 playoffs, he just quit. He just decided, you know what, I'm done with this franchise, and he quit in the middle of the playoffs. And he was then shipped off somewhere else, and Dallas Mavericks fans still hate Rondo to this day for quitting on them in the middle of a playoff series. So with that definition there, I feel like he did pull a Mavericks with the Hawks <laughs> and just did it with his play. But as far yep. as being on a, being back in LA, uh, being on a contender, uh, being with superstar caliber players, I, I, it's a high, it's a high percentage that he doesn't pull that with this Clippers team. We've seen it when he went with uh, in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, his game elevated when he goes to the Kings. I mean, he averages assists, but it, you know, he, it wasn't there. Comes to the Lakers, he plays. When he plays with higher caliber players, his game is going to elevate. So it's a high chance that he doesn't pull the Mavericks on this Clippers team. The first time he said it, like, I was initially confused. Of, like, what, what, did, what were you talking about? But now you, you mentioned it. Yeah, the flashbacks come back. Now I, am, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For so sure. so what, what we, what Rajon Rondo quit on his team. Uh, now he's back home. He's in L.A. Uh, he's playing He's playing on a supposed championship contender. Uh, I think, like, it's unlikely that he's going to quit midway. So, yeah, I think Rajon Rondo honors his commitment, and he, he plays it all through. Okay. 
Yeah, right. it's a it's a really interesting take. And you know what, G, thank you for clarifying because when pulling the Mavericks, I was thinking of the Andre Jordan Clippers situation where he was going to the Mavericks and then he left. So I thought you meant like Rondo was going to leave the Clippers. So no, always important to clarify, even for us. So anyways, though, for me, yeah, I, I got to go almost 0%. I actually really think that this is where Rondo wanted to be. Remember, there were rumors of him going to the Clippers and that he wanted to go to the Clippers when we found out that he was leaving the Lakers. So I think this is exactly the situation he wants to be in. I think he'll mesh quite well personality-wise with Kawhi and Paul George and having a player like Ty Lue as his coach. I think this is going to be a really, really interesting move. So, no, nah, I think that we're going to see playoff Rondo again and uh, Clippers, Clippers could actually make – a little bit of noise, a little bit of noise in the playoffs and maybe get that L.A. battle and uh, lose in the second round or even lose in the conference finals. Wouldn't that be something? It's Wouldn't it be the first time? It's cursed. They can't get past that second round. I'm sorry. They only end up getting losing to us in the first round. Watch. Imagine yep. that. But <laughs> since we're talking about the Mavericks and we're talking about, you know, all these different things, the Mavericks acquired J.J. Redick and Nicolo Meliv from the Pelicans for James Johnson, Wes Owundu, and a second-round pick. Thoughts on that? Movers, shakers? Uh, I think this doesn't move the needle in any way because it is, it's just shooters going from one place to another and a pick. Not great. Uh, I am, I'm going to have to agree with you, Jared. This trade, honestly, was like it's a boring trade to me. Uh, doesn't really move the needle one bit. I completely agree with you. JJ Redick, I, I mean, you give Luka Doncic an, an extra option uh, to pass to, uh, you know, a, th- a spot of three-point shooter. Uh, I mean, this could be, I guess, in that way, it could be a benefit to Dallas, but this is just shooters going over the place. This does, I'm staying neutral on this one. This doesn't do anything. And in, in, in that case, it's a, it's a shaker because they didn't, they didn't complete their mission of, of assisting this team to even be considered to be a playoff team. Like, I feel like th- there, there's another player on the, on the Pelicans that they potentially should have went for if they had the assets. And that's like Lonzo Ball. You need – Luka Doncic needs that guard that's going to be able to guard other guards because he needs to save all his energy for offense. So just picking up another shooter doesn't really help. And I don't know why it just took me to, like – the NBA is getting very weird where players are getting becoming limited on what they can do. You're just a shooter. Shoot. Like, you know what I'm saying? KCP. I don't know why I just, I, I got to go on my little tangent, but I remember KCP with the Detroit Pistons was a little bit more effective. And now he's just a spot up shooter. And I feel like that's what the Mavericks got here. Just another person to Luka Doncic can pass it to. And that's not what he needs. He needs somebody else that can facilitate, that can do some other things other than just shoot. So shaker for me. Interesting. I I actually think it's a mover. Uh, I really like the fact that Doncic can pass the ball to JJ Redick because he's a fairly reliable shooter. As I'm saying that, I know I'm also caught up in maybe the nostalgia of JJ Redick and that he can't do what he used to do, but still having that rejuvenated young guy with Luca Mavericks overall are a pretty young team. So I don't know. I, I really like J.J. Redick going to them, and I think that this will be an interesting play for the Mavericks. So it's one of those things where it's in the middle. You could go either way, but I'm going with Mover here. I think uh, Luka could create some Luka magic with J.J. Redick at the end of some big games. Mike, I can see that. And we're talking about ball handlers and playmakers. Well, the 76ers acquired George Hill from the Thunder for Tony Bradley, 
who's that? Terrence Ferguson and two future second round picks. So this is an extremely convoluted, extremely convoluted trade. So the New York Knicks and 76ers, New York Knicks and OKC Thunder were, were just part of this massive trade. So just to break it down really quickly, George Hill and Iggy Braz Dykus is going to the 76ers. Terrence Ferguson, Vincent Poirier, who Vincent Poirier, who's gonna get waived, and a 2021 second round pick from the Sixers is going to New York. Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, two seconds in 2025-2026 from the 76ers are going to Oklahoma City. And now Oklahoma City has 34 draft picks in the next however many years. They have 17 first and seven 17 seconds. And as we mentioned, you know, gee, you're shaking your head. Well, you can shake your head a little less to this. Uh, OKC is going to waive Myers Leonard, like we all figured should happen. So, Scouter, you're clapping your hands. I would clap my hands too, but you know, I actually, you know what? Yeah, sayonara. <laughs> He's out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No place for racists and anti-Semitic people. But anyways, thoughts on this really convoluted trade situation between the 76ers, the Knicks, and the Thunder? Uh, That was like, I don't know what that was. That was like, that was a whole trade that like, that was confusing as I agree with you, Trade. That was a convoluted trade. Uh, I'm going to have to... um, uh, before I go go even further, Myers Leonard is a bum. Uh, let's reiterate that he's a bum. Uh, but to my point, I'm gonna have to. This isn't in, in it, like this wasn't the most impactful trade in the world, but I'm gonna have to lean towards uh, it's a mover uh, uh, in regards to Philadelphia. Listen, like jo- Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, they play like two bigs, so that means they're gonna like whatever perimeter player Philadelphia gets is a win for them. So like. I guess this is a benefit to them because they get George Hill, a solid guy that can, you know, that can spot up shoot outside. So yeah, like Philadelphia wins the trade here. And and in regards to Oklahoma city, I mean, this is kind of a mover for them as well. Um, They're, they're a, uh, they're a rebuilding team. So they're going to have to restock on whatever draft picks they can get. And they have obviously hilariously slow. They have plenty already. So mover, this is a mover. This hmm. this looks like a, a a trade finder my league two K yeah. trade here. Yes. Like let me just let me just get the best of what I could get. I this is a shaker for me because George Hill isn't doing much for this team. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's not a he's not a knock lights out shooter. Uh, I mean I I guess they get a, a solid point guard because uh who 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 on the seventy sixers is really a point guard point guard. You know, we can argue Ben Simmons, Seth Curry is a two. So um. I mean, I guess they get a, a, a solid point guard, but I mean, doesn't move the needle as far as helping them secure that championship uh, contender or spot of the East. So I, it's a, it's a shaker for me. Yeah, I, I would say overall, it's a mover, but it just barely moves the needle. Again, this is really one of those. Did it even need to happen? Okay, I guess Philadelphia needed uh, some of that point guard depth. And they got it, so that's good. But let's hope uh, George Hill doesn't miss any more free throws in the finals. At least the J.R. Smith blunder, because uh, yeah, that was one of the least clutch plays in NBA history. So I don't know. Like he's always been good. Uh, shout out to him with the Milwaukee Bucks last year on the day the NBA stopped standing up for social justice. And I think that overall, though, 
it's a good move for the 76ers. They sort of got what they needed, but they didn't get what they needed well enough is how I look at this move. Kind of like a stopgap. Yeah. Yep. It's just like they they were hemorrhaging blood and then they just got a Band-Aid to slow it down a little bit. George Hill is the Sixers Band-Aid. Exactly. Which isn't a bad Band-Aid. Like when you think about, you know, like Corey, George, Corey Joseph or like DeLon Wright, that's not a pretty bad Band-Aid because, you know, the Pistons traded DeLon Wright to Sacramento for Corey Joseph and two second rounders. And the Raptors also traded Terrence Davis to Sacramento for a 2021 second round pick. And still with the Raptors, the Jazz acquire Matt Thomas from the Raptors for the Warriors' 2021 second round pick. Any any thoughts on those three trades? Because they're extremely minor, so they're neither a mover nor a shaker in any way. They're just uh what happened. There these are just a bunch of C plus guys getting moved around. This does not move the needle for anything. Um, I just think these all these three guys that got moved, they were just there's just guys, extra guys being filled for roster spots. Honestly, no offense them to all these players personally, but like, I'm sorry that like you're you're not changing anyone's championship or playoff odds. That's fair. I I I think the long right was solid for the Kings. He's young. I think that was a solid pickup uh, given Corey Joseph, and they only only got got rid of Corey Joseph in a second round pick because two second they got two second rounders, but they got one in return, right? From the Raptors, correct? Yeah, Raptors so, traded. so, okay. The Pistons traded DeLon Wright to Sacramento for Corey Joseph and two second rounders, right? Or the Pistons. Yes. And then they got Terrence Davis from the Raptors for one of, for this year's second round pick. So basically they got DeLon gotcha. Wright and Terrence Davis this year for Corey Joseph, two second rounders, and their second round pick this year. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying that. So they got two young players for some second rounders and Corey Joseph. I think that's okay. Uh, Sh- Shaker, I guess, if we're still playing the game. Shaker, because it's not really big, but it's okay. That's a move. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of a mover here. I think Talon Wright has some nice potential. I remember watching him on the Raptor. He averaged 12 with the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, he's averaging 1.2 steals a game, which is a very capable, capable defender. And so I think that if he can get the playmaking up and really fill in that point guard role on the Pistons, maybe even Jeremy Grant can do something nice together. But it's not a big mover or anything. I just think it's it moves. It moves. Yeah. No matter how incrementally small, it moves. So that's all you need. And shout out to uh to the Kings too, because now they have their potential, you know, backup one two with you know Delon Wright and Tyrese Halliburton. So we'll see how they play out. Probably gonna mess it up somehow because they are the Kings. But yes. speaking of teams that don't mess up, the Warriors acquired cash considerations from the Horns for Brad Wanamaker. They also traded Marquise Chris and Cash to the Spurs' Katie Lalane. Fantastic moves. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I love those moves. Fantastic. A1, day one, all day. It's a definite mover, in my opinion. I was kind of puzzled uh, by what the Warriors did this trade deadline. Uh, they didn't really do anything, so I was confused. Uh, I so, personally don't have, I don't have an opinion here. Like... Like really what did quickly, Bob Myers do? This the Warriors were hard capped. They were strapped for cash. So everything they did was to was to ease up the cap 
and the money that the Warriors would owe. Because Katie Lelane, we got him, we, the Warriors, the Warriors got his draft rights. So technically he doesn't count. So essentially the Warriors got cash back for Marquise Chris and Brad Wanamaker. So this, I'm not even being sarcastic here. This is a smart decision to try and free up the cap space situation because they're, you know, Draymond, Clay, and Curry are just making an astronomical amount of money, which they should, but kind of limits your flexibility a little bit. But, you know, that's that's just my thing. But go ahead. I, f- I feel like a lot of teams are – we're going to have to have a, a – not a part two, but next week when we, we discuss this, the, the buyout market, because, you know, the Warriors might be front runners for somebody. They might be a dark horse. But um, I just feel bamboozled. Cause you guys talked all this big talk, talking yep. about we're gonna be aggressive at trade deadline. I, I didn't, I didn't hear not one peep, no rumor, no report leading up to the day. Y'all been silent, quiet, and then y'all come and do this. What type of? Shit? Everybody mm-hmm. else, th- th- come on, bro. Yep, yeah. let's get Kelly Oubre off the team. Let's, let's to do be this, fair, do that. to be fair, a lot of people were, a lot of teams were interested in various, very seriously discussing trading for Kelly Oubre. And the Warriors were at one point, which baffles me, interested in trading for Danny Green. So that is a Why? thing that happened. <laughs> That's what I told you, man. That's what I told wow. you earlier. It, it, these are things that happened today, but thankfully they did not materialize. And they're probably going to be buyout candidates or buyout players in a few weeks because they, they freed up some cap space. So, Yeah, yeah. At the moment, it's it's bare. It's a shaker. It's barely a shaker for me. Long term, it's good because you got Clay coming back next year, so you want flexibility. That's it. That's all this is to me, and and that's a great move for them. Yeah, Marquise Chris, he didn't really turn out how the Warriors expected. So so long, bye bye. Uh, no more Warriors rebuild is sort of the message that they're trying to send out about next year. I also have to say. I pulled a bit of a Paul Pierce there and was talking about the lawn right getting traded to the Pistons when I meant that he got traded to the Kings. So, uh, yes, the lawn right on the Kings is a nice go. And Kojo on the Pistons, Corey Joseph, Toronto kid, is actually a great move for them as well. Uh, he's got that veteran experience. He can shoot the ball a little bit. He can run the floor. And so I think that is a nice move for them. So I stand by what I said. Just got to switch the names up a little bit. No worries, man. No worries. We're... We're all trying to get through this day because it is a long day, and we, ha- yeah, we just have day. we have a few things here before we go into some quick hitters. But uh, yeah, the Cavaliers and Andre Drummond have formally agreed to a buyout. And gee, you're excited because he may go to the Lakers. Whoop de doo! Um, and somebody sounds salty. Why? 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 You just, y'all just had a great trade deadline. You don't remember saying that? <laughs> Amazing. And why yeah. you, why you throwing salt about hopes and my aspirations, bro? Because we don't know for sure if he's going to go to the Lakers because the Knicks are extremely interested. So, no, I, I mean, why I'm just, the, this is the news. This is the news. I'm just saying this could happen. Or the, the Nets. The Lakers make too much sense, Jared. The Lakers need a rim protector. Andre Drummond is one of the best rim protectors in the league. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just I, a messenger delivering the message from the rest of the world. Don't bro, shoot me. I know, but you just brought the point up. Like, if you had the chance between Lakers or Knicks, like, he's going to choose the Knicks. You know one of his biggest problems, and this is all to all the reporters out there, you know one of his biggest problems was he's, he, he wants to be a bona fide starter. You have Mitchell Robinson. 
You're thinking of the future, right? Yep. Well, there's going to be some conflict there. He comes to the lake, bro. There is there is a spot. It's a golden seat. It's the Iron Throne. The Lakers, bro. You that five position ain't on lock, bro. You're going to start. He's he's in L.A. You know what I'm saying? Second chance with um uh, uh Jeanette McCurdy. You know what I'm saying? He, <laughs> he likes the uh, Nickelodeon stars. Andre Drummond. You know, come on, it's L.A., bro. You're already out here. Let's get these buckets. Or let's Ab- let's rebound these bricks. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Andre Drummond is going to the Lakers. I don't think there's a question about it. I don't think it's happening with the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets. They already got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan there. So, and, you know, Celtics, uh, I don't know, with Mo Wagner and what's-his-face Cornet. That's an interesting one. That's the only – Luke Cornet. That's the only other place that I could really see him going. But still – I think Drummond, c- come on over to LA, man. You know you love that Mamba mentality. So let's get it. Let's bring it to LA. Let's get the Lakers a nice, solid, consistent starting five. I mean, I absolutely and- agree with with both of you. I mean, on it's like the situation is too perfect. Again, what I said, the Lakers need a rim protector. Uh, Andre Drummond is promised a starting position for the rest of the year into the playoffs. He's also promised a starting position on not just any team, but the Lakers and a championship contending squad. So I think all the, all the stars have aligned. I think Drummond's coming to LA. He's going Hollywood. It wasn't, or am I tripping? I saw this on Twitter. Was Rob Palinka Andre Drummond's agent when he was, when he got drafted? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff just pointing. I could be wrong, but I saw, I saw something on Twitter. It was like, he was there when he got drafted. I'm not sure. It wouldn't make sense. But he did fire Rob Polinka back in 2014. <laughs> so, well, I don't know if that still makes sense, but it might. It might just be the uh, reunion that both sides need. Big facts. But one more quick. Well, actually, two more very, very quick things here. The Spurs have bought out and released Lamarcus Aldridge. The buyout was 5.8 million. The Heat are expected to be front runners to land him. Quick thoughts. Very, very quick thoughts. I mean, uh, I think personally, I think the best situation for Lamarcus, I think it, uh, a Trailblazers reunion is the best location. But hey, if you can land on the Miami Heat and one of the best front offices in basketball, Pat Riley, making Mickey Harris and Eric Spolstra, I mean, that's 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 prime. So, but I still prefer the Blazers, but the Heat, Miami's a good location as well, especially since they landed, uh, they just landed Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the Heat is, is, is a solid squad for him to be on. Again, you don't want to pair him on a squad where you're hoping that he's going to play defense and the Heat have plenty of defense to surround him. So all you're going to need is that fire firepower in the front court, stretch the floor, hit some mid-range shots, and be a big body. So I think this is a good fit for him. Very interesting. Yeah, no, the Heat is obviously a good for, fit for him for the reasons that were just mentioned. I would still love to see that Portland Trailblazers reunion. Um, I think that they're becoming quite a veteran squad right now. And I think he fits into that mentality and can help just mold things a little bit and maybe do some damage, get fired up in the playoffs. But Miami is an excellent fit for him if it works out because he doesn't have to play defense. So it might be the best fit because he could just go be LaMarcus and have another shot. And so I think that would actually be really nice if he goes there. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but 
with everything that we've talked about, all the trades that were had, who do you guys think had the best day? For me personally, I will still say the Chicago Bulls had the best day out of all the teams that we talked about. The Chicago Bulls had the best NBA trade deadline. Uh, I, I said it earlier in the show. I think the Denver Nuggets had the best um, day on the trade deadline. They re, they further refined their roster and they further cemented themselves in that championship conversation. I know they were there at the beginning of the day, but they, this pushes this even further into that conversation and it carries them into next year next season as well and possibly probably the foreseeable future because they have those young guys still developing jamal murray michael porter jr they're they're going to be solid players in this league yeah we're, we're agreeing you guys both made some valid points but i have to agree with daniel here the denver nuggets won this trade deadline securing that backup big and javel mcgee but also pairing them with a two-way player that can shoot the three and is athletic on top of that he, he he matches up as far as age goes with the Denver Nuggets so I feel like those two players are going to help move the needle for sure for the Denver Nuggets so with that being said they won the trade deadline this year interesting yeah no I I got to agree with Jared spoiler alert I said it earlier in the show but for me it is the Chicago Bulls um, I love Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets phenomenal move again it's just my criteria is which move me, moves the needle the most. And for me, I think giving Zach Levine an all-star big, I mean, wow, that is dangerous because Levine is on the come up. Levine is a mean scoring machine. Now you got Nikola Vucevic on there. And I really think that those two together is an excellent shooting guard, modern age center combination. No, they're not going to be Kobe and Shaq, but maybe they can be a poor man's Kobe and Shaq. Without the dominance of Shaq, but the modern. That's what I'm saying. The modern. Yeah, shooting or the touch. defense of Kobe. But yeah, <laughs> or the defense of Kobe. Like absolutely. Extremely, Kobe is the most underrated defensive player. No, I'm not. We can't compare Zach Levine to Kobe. But Kobe did love Zach Levine's game and wanted to work with him. So that's the only reason I'll put it together. Yeah, they are the very, 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 very poor man's version of that duo. But yeah. just a... Uh, just a few quick hitters here. So in a survey of 2,035 people on whether it was appropriate to kneel during the anthem. Here are the splits per Axio. So in total, 44% of them felt it was appropriate, while 54% felt it wasn't. Uh, when it came to white people, they said 32% of them found it appropriate, 67 not. For black people, it's 82% appropriate, 14% not. For Hispanics, 59% appropriate, 38% not. Asians, 57% appropriate, 42% not. Republicans, which is very, very, very telling, 10% of them found that it was appropriate to kneel during the anthem, while 89% of them said no. Meanwhile, Democrats are 74% for it, while 25% were not. And independents, it's fairly even. 48% said they think it's appropriate. 51% think it's not. So obviously this pertains to mainly Americans, but any... Any quick thoughts on these? Because I think this is really, really eye-opening, especially in terms of how white people and Republicans in general, which you know oftentimes overlap, how they see kneeling during the anthem, even if it isn't for disrespectful reasons. But very quick uh, thoughts. It's just it's amazing how depending on the community you're from, it's it it changes your opinions on certain things. Uh, I will re I will say this. Uh, the First Amendment protects the freedom of speech. 
expressing yourself is ultimately the most American thing you can do. And by taking an, uh, away another person's uh, right of speech and expression is the most anti-American thing to do. So, I mean, it's it's a very divisive world out there, and it, it really depends on what community you're from. Yeah, it's statistics eye-opening, I guess, seeing the percentages, but I mean... Uh, it is what it is. I, I'm. I could care less if you think it's, if it if it's appropriate or it's not. It, it's how the person feels when they're doing it or how they feel about it. So it is what it is. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you gotta let people express themselves the way that they feel is appropriate. And yeah, it's it's just a strange question. I mean, I remember being a sports fan when when kneeling with the anthem started happening. People would say, "Hey, you're a fan of sports." what do you think of uh, that thing that happens before the sport? That's pretty bad, eh? And I just couldn't disagree more, and I didn't really understand why it was a big deal in that way in a negative light that people want to express themselves. To me, it was a very positive story from the beginning of trying to raise awareness to issues and issues of racism and inequality in the country and if you, if you understand that that's what it's about, not being unpatriotic, then there's really no reason to say no. To me, that just shows that lots of people don't understand what it's about. So take the time to listen and learn what it is about, and then you'll likely change your answer because it's an important form of self-expression based on everything that people have been through recently. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, we're talking about a big deal and you know, speaking about something positive that is a big deal. The Raptors all-female broadcast last night, which was on Wednesday, March 24th, was great. I watched the entire, well, most of the entire thing. I had to go get some food, but it was very, very enjoyable. Like, I can see this thing becoming more of a thing in the future. Maybe with, you know, have Kate, you know, Cassidy Hubbard with, you know, Candace Parker or with... Yes! Right? Like, that would be so cool. Like, just having those three just shooting back and forth. That'd be sick, in my opinion. So kudos to the Raptors. Shout out to them for their all-female broadcast group. It was fantastic. We hope to see more of that because it's a real change of pace and it's uh, it's really it's really cool. But uh, speaking of things that are cool, don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure you follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, and I'm Daniel Wayne. And uh, I'm probably thinking about going to Santa Monica this weekend. And joining me as well. <laughs> uh, big shout out to all the shooter, the shooters out there shooting bricks with us. We we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Keep engaging with us. Let's have those conversations on Twitter, on Instagram. Keep engaging with the polls. That's what we want to do. We want to be a hub where you guys can shoot bricks with us. We want you guys to feel like a collective and a community because that's what we're bringing to you week in and week out. You already know who it is. It's your boy, Relly Rail. And of course, I forgot my name, Relly Rail Jarrell Sales. And of course, we have. Yo, what up? This is Skylar Treppel. And uh, absolutely, you know, I had to make it clear that Kobe and Shaq are a much better duo than Aaron Gordon, or sorry, 
Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, but homelessness is a very serious issue. It was just part of the analogy. And uh, please, you know, don't judge people in those situations. They didn't mean to get there. A lot of horrible life events had to happen. And, you know, donate, help out, help out at a homeless shelter. I know that when I'm back in LA, I was looking into that already. And that's certainly something that I will be doing. So I encourage everyone to always help each other out because you never know what people are going through. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to our special NBA trade deadline, trade deadline, Trez. I can't even speak episode. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you guys next week.